ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Hey, man. If I can do it, you can do it too. And how can I help you do this? Don't settle. Ever. Don't settle. Just go full send. His battle, our fight. And it's, you know, a goal, an achievable goal, and maybe even a high, high, high-level goal you may never hit. Well, it's, it's a wonderful way for us to make each other stronger. I, I feel like that my strength comes from him, and so I try to give all my stuff, you know, to him. You know, take down those barriers um, and those false beliefs that they can do it. Put yourself in uncomfortable positions because it's going to happen. And the sooner you can get comfortable being uncomfortable, the better you're going to be. In this moment, you can decide to take hold, move forward and go head on, up, over and through. It's do or do not. Through these stories and perspectives, we hope to give insight to the challenges we all face every day. Paying it forward through learned experience. Because quitting is too hard. For those who refuse to give up and continue to find a way, this is your fuel. Brought to you by Western Contours Podcast and our partners. Western Fly Covers. Ultralight protection for your gear. Stay on your game. Backcountry Archery. The passion and intent of ethical hunting led to the pursuit of building the most lethal bow setups while increasing accuracy. The Crazy Elk Company. Simple solutions in gear, giving back to the passion that has given so much. state of Colorado, born and raised. I am feeling very humbled to be here. Uh, One guy approached me and asked me if I would be a part of this new reflection series. Uh, I was pretty shocked, but it's one of the coolest things I've ever been asked to do. So thank you, guy. Um, I've been spending a lot of time doing a lot of reflection on what I wanted to share. And as uh, I just turned 36 on the 31st of January, 
I really started to look at, you know, the last several years and even back into my younger years and digging deep, finding what I could really share and tell everyone about that may help others out there. Um, I have, to this day, um, I feel very blessed to be where I'm at. It definitely didn't come easy. Um, I was fortunate in a lot of ways growing up, but I also went through a lot of hardship, a lot of struggle. Um, life has always wanted to hand me the difficult uh, hands if it if it could get away with it. <laughs> and so that's what I want to share with you and how I feel now looking back all the triumphs that I have um, come to to reach so far. And I know that there's more, but it's all about the journey and the growth and the things that you learn and take from the struggle that you've been through. So growing up, I had a great life materialistically on the outside. It looked picture perfect. You think into, you know, your teenage years and everybody wants to have a nice house, nice car. You know, when I was a teenager, you know, I, I could say, Hey, I live on a 400 acre ranch. I have cable and internet in my room. You know, all that cool stuff. Live in a nice big house. But that's just the things on the outside. You know, nobody could see what went on behind closed doors. And I was an only child. I was fortunate enough later in life to meet some of my half siblings. I didn't grow up with them, but nonetheless, meeting them was really cool. And we're, we've been close ever since. Um, so growing up by myself, you know, life uh, fluctuated um, from my little years into my teenage years. <clears throat> my mom was single up until I was about nine years old, 10 years old, and then she got remarried. And that's when things kind of started to change. And condensed, I went through a lot in those teenage years. Um, I had a lot of good things for, you know, for me. And, um, but there was a lot of rough stuff too, which, you know, formed a lot of the things that I did have to work through later in my um, adult years now. Um, there was every kind of abuse that you could imagine, unfortunately, and everything from physical abuse to sexual abuse, verbal abuse, a lot of emotional abuse. Um, they were some rough years. They really were. And in a formative time in, in a child's life, especially in the teenage years, when you're trying to find an identity and figure out who you are, I honestly was struggling with just making it through each day, trying to not fall apart. And I even got to a point where I, I tried to commit suicide. 
And, you know, I tried to overdose on a bunch of just over-the-counter pills, whatever I could find in the medicine cabinet. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't take being made fun of at school uh, for the sexual abuse when kids found out about that. Um, I just couldn't handle, you know, the physical abuse that would happen. Um, Anxiety was overwhelming. Anxiety has been a struggle all of my life. And, you know, when kids found out I tried to commit suicide, they were mean about that too. Kids can be cruel and they can be mean. Um, but I did, I, I made it through those years. I really did. And I'm so glad I, I did. Um, you know, when I graduated high school, one thing that a lot of people don't know is that in the summer of my junior year, I went through a rape situation and ended up pregnant and I had a little boy, um, thankfully, at the, at the time, I was fortunate enough to be with who became my kids' dad I mar- that I married, um, helped me go through that struggle, stood, stood by my side the entire time. Um, and his family, I have to credit for, you know, sticking with me and being with me through that and talking to me, you know, talking to me about my options as what I could do you know, instead of abortion, which when I panicked and I found out and I knew how mad my, my mom would be, um, I was like, I got to abort this. I can't have this. This is so shameful. My family. Um, and I'm like, I have to go to college. I need to, you know, um, not put such a burden on anybody around me or myself and just thinking solely of myself. Um, they talked me into really considering adoption. And so that is what I did. I, I followed through with the pregnancy, uh, went through the adoption process, found a great family in California that, you know, they struggled with uh, fertility and blessed them with a baby boy. And, you know, I, at the time, it was one of probably the harder things that I had ever gone through uh, up to that point, but I knew it was absolutely for the best. My, my kids' dad uh, said, you know, we can go through it together. I'll go through it with you. I'll help you raise it like it's our own, which was awesome. And... I just knew that it was not only, you know, selfish for me to try and say, hey, I want to keep this baby. I'm 17 years old. It's not fair. It wasn't fair to him. It wasn't fair to the baby. And so that as hard as it was to watch him leave with the family that he did, I look back now and know it was the best for everybody. It truly was. And, uh, So, I mean, that, that kind of started, you know, me learning, you know, how to handle struggle and to the hurt and handle walking through pain, even when it, it hurt you and and tried to break you. Um, after that, thankfully, like my kids, dad and I stay together and, you know, we, um, he knew how much I, I wanted a baby of my own and, you know, we started college and, um, you know, we were starting to try for uh, my son, Colby. And thankfully, about a year or so later, Colby was born. And even though we were young, it was what we really wanted. 
and um, <laughs> life life was an adventure that was, you know, a new adventure again that was just beginning. And we didn't really know what we were getting into, but does anybody really when you have kids? <laughs> um, but it, it started a fun adventure for us and, you know, a lot of struggle, a lot of hardship, a lot of learning, but learning to grow together, to build together, um, to raise these babies that we were, you know, having. And, um, when Colby turned a year old, I found out we were going to have a little girl. I didn't know she was a girl at the time. And, you know, she, um, but she was born and, you know, my mama's instinct from the time I was four weeks pregnant said, I think this one is a girl. And when she actually, uh, was born and she was a girl, it was probably the coolest thing ever. Cause we, we definitely didn't find out what she was. Um, we wanted to keep it a secret just for fun. So we did that. And, you know, my life really felt pretty fulfilled. Uh, but I know that I rushed into, you know, having kids and I rushed into getting married um, because I I truly felt, you know, even through like my teenage years, even when I had kids, even when I got married, there was a void there. There was a void of not really having an identity, not really knowing who I was, what I wanted, um, anything like that. I had no idea. My self-esteem, my self-confidence was very low. I was trying to fill my life with people and things, and I wasn't searching deep down for my own self-love and what would bring me happiness. Um, I just, I was grasping at everything. And... Um, I struggled. I struggled with insecurity for a lot of years. I struggled with that anxiety for a lot of years. And it it was detrimental. And I didn't realize how detrimental everything in your formative years, you know, your young years, growing up with kind of the family members that you grow up with, um, the struggles that you go through in, you know, your teenage years and into your 20s, how much impact that stuff can really have on your adult years, how, how it can impact the relationships you have, even the people that you date, the, you know, the level of, in, you know, insecurity or, you know, self-confidence that you have. I, I had no idea about any of that. I only practiced what I'd learned, what I was modeled. And, you know, honestly, I look back now and I realize that I, unfortunately, um, I was um, stuffed in a box because I, I did grow up and as much as I, you know, I hate to say this, I did grow up with people where I learned that insecurity was the way to be. I learned that being judgmental of people because you're insecure on the inside was the way to be. Um, that toxic relationships were okay and that they were healthy. And I know now that those are not healthy. Um, but the mental struggle was there. Didn't didn't matter what... Uh, what I had in my life, who I had in my life, it wasn't going to fix any of that. And when I, right around the time I turned 25 years old, I'd been with my kids' dad for seven years. We'd been married for five. 
I found myself in a place of, I was very lost. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was and I wanted out. I told my kids as dad, I said, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I married you for the wrong reasons. I married it, married you out of comfort. I didn't get married out of pure love and connection um, because I, I married to be in a safe space and that's not the right reason to get married. It's really not. And I know it hurt him at the time. And uh, we have talked about it since we've been divorced for 11 years now. But, you know, in that time, I knew that if I did not step out of where I was at, that I was never going to grow. I was never going to heal. I was never going to grow and become better than where I was at. I knew there was the girl inside of me knew where I wanted to be. I, I would watch people around me and wonder, where do you find that self-confidence? Where do you find that glowing self-esteem? Where, you know, how do you have that? I want that. I want to be strong. I want to be confident. I want to know who I am and I want to know my self-worth. But I, I felt like I was behind a roadblock. I didn't know how to get there. And when I got divorced, that journey began and I just didn't know it. It, it was, it became these, these 11 years that I talk about when my kids' dad and I got divorced 11 years ago, that became an 11 years of a lot of hardship. I had no idea what I was going to walk into. I didn't. And, you know, I, but I needed it. To be that girl that I know that I wanted to be, that I would see in other people and I would want those traits. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I guess I'm going to figure it out. Here I am starting over. And let me tell you what, when you're already insecure and you had a life and everybody points at you and says, what are you doing? You guys had the perfect life. You had the all-American family. Yeah, we made it look like that but that's not actually how it was. You know, it, you know, you can never judge a book by its cover because what goes on behind closed doors can be so much different than what's actually going on um, in reality. And so I did, I put on a, a facade for seven years of, we had the perfect family life. We had the perfect marriage. We had these awesome kids in which our kids are still awesome. I just, you know, even through all this, this journey that I, their poor mom has went through, <laughs> you know, being a hot mess most of the time, um, they are so awesome. And I, I feel so blessed to have them. They are, they are my everything and they've stuck by my side through everything. Um, but even in the midst, I know when I, I divorced their dad, I, I know it hurt them and they didn't understand they were young. They were three and five <clears> or <throat> right around in that age. And it, it was tough on them too. You know, they cried and they didn't understand. And, and I told them, like I had, had said to their dad, I said, give me some time and I will, I will tell you why I did what I did. I didn't know starting out on that journey when I got divorced, you know, you feel 
alone, even when you're with people, when you're in a marriage, when you have everything you could want, but you're empty on the inside, then you have a void. You don't realize how empty and void you feel when you step out of a marriage, when you have things around you that at least provide a little bit of a comfort zone. And I had a rude awakening with that. Um, I was even more insecure than I had been before. And I still just reach and grasp for, I still want to have a a nice place to live. I'm broke as all get out, but I'm going to have a decent car. I want to look like I have a, a decent house. You know, I couldn't afford any of it by myself. I couldn't, I was broke, broke, broke. Um, as in, you know, having your utilities shut off broke. Um, and, but I was just reaching and grasping for everything I could do to make myself feel better, to fill that void. I talk about that void a lot because I spent a lot of years with it and not understanding how to fill it. I spent a lot of years trying to fill it with people. I spent a lot of years trying to fill it with a a nice house or nicer vehicles with material possessions of any kind, um, toxic relationships, even, um, I did spend a lot of years in, in those 11 years going through some toxic relationships. Um, so I really had to go downhill even more, if you can imagine that, um, from where I was at to find myself, to strip everything away, to find who I really was. And, you know, over the course of those 11 years, I dated a few people that were a lot like what I was modeled when I was growing up, which it tends to be on the more um, narcissistic side, you know, and it's hard to share that because when I was growing up, I was very close with my grandmother. But what I didn't realize then, and I didn't realize until I was almost 30 years old, was that my grandma was a very narcissistic person and I was so close with her. And so imagine that dynamic and learning that later in life where, you know, that's the relationship. It was a a push and pull relationship. It was a lot of manipulation. It was a lot of guilt trips. You know, a lot of things were given with strings attached. You know, I mean, just an immense amount of, of narcissism in it. And I didn't know that. I lived in a little bubble most of my life and I didn't know what that even was. And so later in life, I found myself seeking relationships with similar people because that's all I knew. The chaos, the drama, the um, constant roller coaster in relationships. When I was married to my kids' dad, it felt very uncomfortable because it was relatively stable. He was um, a very stable person, came from a great family. And to me, in my mind... That was not normal. That felt boring. It felt unsafe. Excuse me. Um, And so, you know, that was part of why I stepped out as well, because I'm like, this is, there's something missing from this too, which I know now was, you know, not correct either. And so, um, 
kind of fast forward a little bit, a few years to um, right around 2015, um, I I was dating somebody and this is kind of where the chain of events started that led me to take the real hard, hard journey to where I'm at now. Um, I was dating a gentleman at the time. And it was interesting because we had went to high school together. We were a few years apart, um, started talking and, you know, things moved really quickly. It felt really good. And I was, I was so naive, like with relationships that I'm like, okay, this feels great. Like I didn't realize that, you know, in jumping from relationship to relationship and all of them being toxic, that moving quickly is not always a good thing. You know, you got to get to know people, but it felt good. So I totally bought into it. And, you know, a few months in, we were talking about living together and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I think this is going to be a really good thing. And I, this is one of these relationships where I learned that you can't always believe what people say, that actions speak so much louder than words. And I think I was blinded by the fact that everything felt so good that I got myself into a situation where it ended up costing me a lot of money and a lot of dignity. And, um, you know, I, ended up living with my mom for about nine months to kind of recover and get back on my feet. And, um, that was, that was hard. It was hard. I love my mom. I love my mom dearly. You know, we weren't all as close growing up. Um, we butted heads a lot, actually went through some really rough years. Um, but as an adult, I've gotten to be very close with my mom and it was pretty gracious of her to allow my kids and I both to move in, um, with her, she just recently gone through a divorce and, um, we all shared one roof for about nine months. And it was, it was, that was definitely a learning experience, but I'm so glad that my mom was there and I was able to do that because otherwise I didn't really have anywhere to go. Again, I found myself in a situation of being broke and having to start over and, I just got to thinking a little bit, how many times do you want to start over? Um, but it, it didn't sink in at that point yet. <laughs> There's still more. Um, I am a stubborn learner and I met another guy and, you know, did the same thing, repeated the pattern. I had a habit of patterns in these relationships with these toxic people seeking the same thing, but always ending up in the same situations. And you think after a while, how many times does it take <laughs> to learn the lesson? Well, what I didn't know about this time around is that it was going to be a doozy. And this particular relationship, I did move fast into it in about four months. Um, I, I pushed to move in with him. Um, and I'd moved about 30, 45 minutes away from, you know, where I was living and the town that I grew up in. 
Um, so it was going to be a little harder for me, a little harder for my kids. I had actually kind of started getting on a good path where I was, you know, working on my credit. I was shopping around for a house and, um, I put that all on the back burner for a, a, a guy and somebody didn't really know again, kind of same scenario. Went to high school together, never really crossed paths. Um, what I didn't know at the beginning of this was that, you know, you, um, until you recognize patterns, you're going to keep doing the same thing. And so when I did this, I was excited. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. It feels good. It's better. This is different. This is a different person. And I had not learned to recognize red flags because some of these things to me did not look like red flags. I now very familiar with the color red. <laughs> um, I lived, uh, I said 30 to 45 minutes away from where I grew up, where I was living with my mom where my kids would go to school. So it was going to be a little bit more of a hardship for all of us in, you know, commuting a lot, lots of commuting. And it started out good, you know, but about six months in, we ran into some major problems. Um, and what I didn't realize is I was in this relationship for two and a half years. And over that two and a half years, because I was still trying to fill a void, I was still trying to find an identity. I absorbed the identity of this person. I absorbed the identity of the life that we were in. I thought it was everything I ever wanted. Going back to a ranch life like I grew up. And I mean, it just seemed perfect. He lived back out in the country again. It, you can't always judge a book by its cover. You can't. I was in for a roller coaster ride. And because I was in such a place of low self-esteem and I would just about eat up anything and take anything that I could get because I didn't know my self-worth. I set myself up for disaster. Um, I walked through infidelity with this relationship. I walked through abuse, physical, emotional, and verbal. And if that sounds familiar, I grew up with that in my teenage years. So there's that pattern. Um, and I just was at such a low point in my life that I took anything I could get. I made excuses for the behavior. I made excuses for staying. I allowed myself to become estranged from friends, more isolated. Um, I allowed my self-worth and my self-esteem to drop even more. And I, you know, saw less and less of my kids. My relationship with my kids suffered. And, uh, you know, my not my financial world struggled, everything struggled, but my mental health and my self-worth deteriorated even more than it already was. At the 
towards the end of this relationship, I knew it was deteriorating. I knew better in the back of my mind, but I convinced myself to stay in it, to try to hold on to something that was so detrimental to my mental health, physical health. And that was just so toxic all around, you know, that I, I just completely lost myself. I lost myself. I was so broken that I didn't step out. I had nothing. Again, I found myself in a place of not a lot of money. I was, I jumped from in between a few jobs, but I, I struggled constantly. You know, I'd never really seen an example of a healthy relationship. So to me, this is, I was willing to kind of figure it out, to try to work through it, to try to desperately make this thing work. And that right there is a keyword is desperation. I was so desperate to sell out my self-worth, my self-esteem, myself altogether, and even down to my relationship with my kids to try to make something toxic work. When this relationship ended after two and a half years, it destroyed me, burned me to the ground. I was left with nothing. And as much as I want to blame the person that I was with, there is fault there. Yes. But I look back on that. And number one, I am thankful that I went through that journey and that struggle. Number two, I was solely at fault. What I didn't realize is why. But what I knew coming out of that when I had nothing, I was physically ill, I was mentally broken. I had no money. I had no place to live. I had absolutely nothing. When you get to that point in your life where you feel like you're at your absolute lowest, it's a pretty major wake-up call. One of the first things that I told myself once I got past the sheer blinding pain that was the loss of everything that I knew, toxic or not, is that I will never be here again. I made that promise to myself. I remember where I was, what I was doing, and I knew that it had to be different. I didn't know how I was going to get there. All I knew is that I never wanted to find myself in that position again. I struggled for the next couple of years. This, this is kind of rolling fast forward to about middle, early to middle 2017 when this happened. And when I finally kind of got on my feet, um, just kind of started getting on my feet, um, found a little place. I still made some mistakes there. My anxiety and the panic and my survival mode drove me to kind of stay close to the situation that just broke me. I thought, okay, you know, maybe we can reconcile. Maybe t it's all that, you know, it, it will just take time. Maybe we'll, this will, this separation will fix things. Here's where I was absolutely delusional. 
And I don't say that lightly. I spent six months trying to grasp back that old life that I had because it was a comfort zone for me. I was just wanting to survive. I was wanting to have that back so things felt better. And I kept myself in and around that person that was so toxic and damaging to me. And that person had no intention of really sticking around. They just knew the benefits that they could get from me with me still kind of being around. But they really had no long-term use for my presence there. And I was in such a place of brokenness that I didn't see that. Now, when I finally kind of got on my feet just a little bit, I was still struggling a lot financially, but I thankfully found a new job. And I had come across, you know, uh, a few good people um, in that time, you know, when you're in a newer town and you don't know anybody, it's really scary. I'm like, I have no friends here. I don't know anybody. Um, and so I just, I was a whole big giant spider web of hot mess in the, in the midst of this. But one thing I knew is I was going to fake it till I made it. And I went to work every day, regardless of how I felt. Um, I, I just tried to make it through every day. And I had, this was so traumatizing for me that, that, that point in time, that relationship ending, the loss of everything was so traumatizing for me that I actually experienced what they call PTSD. And I know a lot of you are familiar with that term. Um, I had never experienced it, even though I'd went through a lot of trauma in my life. I'd never experienced true PTSD and what that was like. Um, Every day was, you know, do I even want to get out of bed? I have to get out of bed. I have bills to pay. I'm a mom. I have kids to take care of. You know, I need to feed and clothe and provide for them. Um, I... I can't just stop living. You can't stop. Even when your pain is blinding, you can't stop going. You have to find a way. Use another set of senses. You know, use listening, use touch, use smell. You you know, even if you can't mentally see what you're doing and you have no idea where you're going, you got to keep going. And I didn't know whether it was worse to be awake whether it was worse to be asleep. Because when I was awake, I felt I had to be in the midst and feel everything. And I will tell you, I am somebody that used to run from feeling anything because it would just obliterate my anxiety. My anxiety just was uncontrollable. But going to sleep at night, I would toss and turn and I would wake up in, you know, heavy sweats and... Um, because of nightmares, it would give me nightmares for about three to four months. I went through nightmares and the night sweats. And then during the day, it took just everything I had not to, um, you know, put a gun in my mouth. And, you know, as you can notice, there's been kind of a pattern of this behavior. Um, my life was a series of chaoses. 
and turmoils. And it's a weird dynamic that in my mind, I know now as your, your mind does what it knows. It does what it best knows for survival mode. And that was my survival mode, living in chaos, living in anxiety, um, how I coped with that. Um, and I just, I struggled every single day. And so my mind would tell me, Hey, maybe if you get to see this person that you were with, it'll feel better. It was like a drug. It, the best way to describe that feeling of wanting to be out of that pain and out of that anxiety is it was like a drug. If I could go back to the toxic situation, it was like an addict that got a fix. And I did that to myself for about six months. And what I didn't realize is I was holding myself back. I was holding myself back from growing. But in that time, like I was telling you earlier, I met a few really what have become lifelong friends now. One of them, I, I trusted enough to, to tell a little bit of my story to. And he guided me in the direction of a, what he thought would be a great counselor for me. Now, at that time, I wasn't making a lot of money um, getting back on my feet. So it was, it was a little tough to go to this counselor regularly. But that counselor was the beginning of a journey of what I knew that I had to fix. Between the combination of going to that counselor and in the midst of still trying to be like a drug addict and get my fix from this person, I found myself um, having uh, this person that I was in a relationship with uh, call me in, you know, for a psych evaluation. They literally came and got me. They took me to the hospital in a cop car um, for a mental health check. And let me tell you what, folks, I was probably never more scared in my whole life. First of all, I, I try to stay under the radar of the law, <laughs> you know, or on the good side of the law. And so that was scary. It was embarrassing. And I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, it was, it was a, t I want to call it a temporary wake up call because I kind of went right back into a rut of, you know, needing to get that fix. And, you know, but I, I knew that I just had to be careful what I said and did, um, at that point and keep my misery to myself, if you will, and pretend like everything was okay. Um, in the midst of this time, um, you know, mid 2017, you know, into 2018, there was a number of trials I faced. I was going to counseling and this lady was awesome. And she did, that was where there was a breaking point of you have to find the root of the cause. I told her of, about all the patterns that I've been going through with toxic relationships. And she said, there's a root cause and we have to find the root. So that's where I first learned on this journey that I've been going through about how you start fixing yourself. First of all, it's not going to be easy. Change is never easy, ever. 
Secondly, you need to find the root and understand the root of the cause of, you know, where your mental habits came from, where your behavior, learned behaviors came from. You have to find that. And even though I didn't like some of the things that she had to say, I knew she was right. And so I stuck with that and it did do me some good, but the sheer wounds of, of the trauma that I had went through where it really, truly felt like I'd had my soul ripped out, um, that I, I didn't move forward as quickly as I would have liked in the midst of that time. I also dealt with a having a stalker, which I came to find out later was my ex that was trying to mess with me. And I, I dealt with that for three months with, um, thousands of, of awful text messages, um, somebody breaking into my house and, you know, down to messing with my food to where it would make me sick. And, you know, I didn't have my kids for about three months because I asked their dad to keep them because I was like, I can't have them here when I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, I dealt with a little bit of, found myself in a little bit of legal trouble because I made some poor decisions and I, because I was desperate and I also found myself with a cancer scare. So in that period of time where I'm just trying to discover how to fix these patterns of toxic behavior and toxic relationships, about one right after the other, these things all hit. And I just felt like, okay, God, why is this happening? Have I been that bad of a human being? Have I, what did I do to deserve this? My life has been a little bit of a, a tumultuous path <laughs> already. Like, please, like, find some mercy somewhere. Please show me, like, some mercy. I, I feel like I can't withstand this. You know, I thankfully was um, fortunate enough to make it through my cancer scare. Um, and still clean to this day. And that is something I didn't really advertise to a lot of people. I didn't advertise it to family. I didn't really advertise it a lot to friends. I didn't advertise it to my kids because it was something that um, I didn't want sympathy for. Um, so I did. I dealt with that by myself. You know, um, when my kids were with me, I would pretend like nothing was wrong. When I talked to friends, I pretend like nothing was wrong. Um, when I went through my legal troubles, same thing. I didn't really advertise it to anybody because I was ashamed of the choices that I had made. And I, I dealt with that in the way that I needed to. I was scared out of my wits end having to deal with both at the same time. I didn't think I was going to make it out of that alive. I really didn't. I didn't know how I was going to fix my messes. I didn't know how I was going to get through my cancer scare. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But it comes back to that fake it till you make it. And were those decisions to not really tell anybody a little selfish? I look back now and I think, yeah, they probably were. Um... But I was doing what I knew best, and that's to just get through it. 
put one foot in front of the other, every day is a new day. And as I walked through this and I made it through this journey, I truly found, started to discover myself. It was uncomfortable. I went back and forth and back and forth of this growth. And then I'd recess and then I'd move forward a little bit. And then I'd recess back to some old behaviors again. And kind of one random day, I was talking to a really close friend of mine. And she told me about a therapy called EMDR therapy, which is really geared around trauma and PTSD. And, you know, I had gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, I had moved away from the source of, you know, toxic behaviors. I had started a new job. I had um, really started my life over again. And this was, you know, towards the end of 2018 and beginning of 2019. You know, even when I did move and move back home, um, I I was staying with uh, friends. Um, for a little bit until I found a place. And, and, you know, <laughs> I have always been a person of, you know, you need to be self-sufficient. You need to have your own house. You need to have your own car and you need to provide for yourself. So asking for help was what I felt like a weak point. And what I learned from that, and I still continue to learn from that, is that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay but at that time, I felt ashamed that, you know, I, I can't really afford my place of my own right now. Um, when I finally did, it was a huge accomplishment. You know, yeah, was I thinking, oh my gosh, I should be so much farther in this life. But when I started to go through the EMDR therapy, I knew again that I wanted to be different. I was ready to change. I was ready to grow. I look back and I withstood a lot. I survived a lot, um, a lot of hardship, a lot of trauma, a lot of heartache, a, a crap ton of brokenness. And I was still very broken. And in that midst of that time, I had several nice people that would come along and they'd say, hey, let me I, I, I hear your story. Let me try to show you what it's like to be treated good. I found myself in a new place of being so broken that I was almost ruthless when I would say, no, stop. I can't. I cannot give you the emotional capacity. I don't have the emotional capacity for a relationship right now. And as somebody who spent so much of my life searching for that happiness in relationships and being very codependent because I had no identity of my own, I, it was new. That was unfamiliar territory. Very unfamiliar. And so whether I realized that at that time or not, it was a good thing that I was able to do that. Did it like really bring awareness to my insecurities and the void that I was still kind of trying to fill. It did. 
But I got to a place where I realized that all these, these hardships and this journey, I have to walk through mostly by myself. Nobody can change those things for me. You have to make mistakes. You have to be broken. Uh, you have to live through and survive hardship in order to grow and to learn and to be better. There's no comfortable way to do that. Now, I've been in this EMDR therapy for, you know, about a year and a half now. I still attend weekly and I have a great uh, therapist. I chose one of a faith-based uh, because I really feel like as somebody that did grow up um, in a Christian home that, you know, God has been in and out of this journey with me. He's always been there. It's me that's wandered away from my faith, questioned my faith, wandered off the path that God has had set out for me. And I knew that because I got would get selfish and I'd become insecure and I would look at what I wanted. There was times that I was so selfish that I put myself before my own children. And I'm ashamed to admit that, but I did. And now as I really have start to discover who I am and the realities of how I grew up, what caused me to be the way that I was for so many years, to have the mental habits, to stay stagnant and in a rut of, of toxic traits and living in what I call kind of self, some self-created trauma. I, um, you know, I realized what I was going to have to go through in order to change it. And it's, it's been a hard journey, but I'm really thankful for every single part of it. Even thinking back to the day that I, you know, everything fell apart in my world in 2017. I wouldn't trade anything that I have walked through for where I'm at now. I have friends. I've made some of the closest, most lifelong friends that I have through this journey. I have become a better parent. I have discovered and am still learning how to have a healthy relationship. I am very fortunate to have to have a boyfriend that has been patient with me for a little over a year now. Um, and I've had a lot of growing to do even in that department and it's been good. Um, I am discovering what I like. <gasps> Through this entire journey, after having to completely rebuild my life by myself, you realize who you are. You realize your self-worth. You find your self-confidence. You find self-love. And that the journey of self-love for me has been a little bit of a tough one. I still have to work through that a lot because that was not what I was modeled growing up. 
But let me tell you one thing is that you can go through all these different things, all these hardships, all these traumas, but you can't ride that scooter of blaming everybody else forever. You cannot because you'll never grow. You have to accept the accountability of your part in the mistakes and the hardships because you play a role in them too, in the decisions that you make and, you know, what you choose to do about those or not. And that's where I look back on this journey and I realized who the biggest player was in a lot of these hardships, given some of them were handed to me and I had to, I had to figure it out. But a lot of them that stem from things that I learned growing up, relationships that I had growing up, behaviors and acts that were committed towards me that were not ideal growing up. Um, that's all fine and well that you acknowledge that. But you also have to acknowledge your part in your hardships and your trauma, or you will never grow. If you can't accept those things and take the blame for your choices, you won't get it. You won't finally reach a point and say, hey, I want to be different. I want to grow. I don't care how painful it is. I want to grow. And that was one thing that in this probably last two years that I have learned how to do. Did I want to run from that accountability? Absolutely. I wanted to run from all of it. I wanted to point fingers at my family. I wanted to point fingers at all the toxic relationships I'd allowed myself to be in. I wanted to blame those people. But what I needed to do is, yeah, place blame where it's due. But be thankful to those people as well for what they taught me, the lessons I learned from them, the growth that I gained from them, and where it has brought me as a person. I would not have become that strong, confident woman that I always knew that I wanted to be. I would have never learned how to set boundaries. I would have never learned how to say no. I would have never learned how to find and create my own happiness. I would have never learned how to fill that void. I would have constantly lived a life of people pleasing, chasing codependency to find happiness. And now I find myself almost in a place of a 180 where I love my independence I love who I am. I'm still working on her. But I know, I know that I love to archery hunt. I know that I love to run miles and miles and miles out in the country and on trails. I know that I have worked so hard to become who I am. And I will not let anyone come in and destroy that about me. Nobody. I know what red flags to look for now. I pick my relationships wisely, whether it be friendships, work relationships, romantic relationships. 
I know exactly who I am. And I know that one thing that walking through all of this is that I wanted to change and I wanted to become this person, not just for me, but for my kids. I wanted to set that example for my kids that says, hey, you can go through these things. You can be burned to the ground. Life is 90% um, how you react to the 10% of what happens to you. And they have been just rock solid in all of that. They have been with me, obviously, through all these hardships. They've seen the ups and downs. They've seen the roller coasters. And these kids, I have wanted to raise them to be everything I wanted to be raised to be, but didn't get that opportunity. It was so important for me to be able to grow and to become strong and confident and show these kids that you can thrive in the midst of hardship. And if you're not thriving, grow, grow in the midst of hardship because it's going to make you better. It's going to make you more resilient for the next time hardship comes your way. I didn't drag my kids into the middle of what I was going through. Did I show them some of the emotion? Did I show them some of the pain? I did. They saw me and they stuck with me on some of the deepest, darkest, hardest, ugliest days and loved me anyway. But now I can show them what it's like to be able to walk through pain, through hardship, through struggle, through growth, and love yourself too. There are going to be people that love you and support you as you go through hardship. Those are the people that you want in your corner. And I just want them to learn that never back down, never quit. Fake it till you make it. You know, I never knew that I was going to love archery. I never knew that I was going to love trail running for miles and miles and miles. I never knew that I would love being back in school studying criminal justice and psychology. I never knew that. I didn't ever think I was good enough to be doing any of those things. I always spend a lot of my time comparing myself to others and look at what they're accomplishing. Look at what they're doing. I didn't think about loving myself enough to figure out that look what I can do. Look at where I've come to. Look at the things that I am accomplishing. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. I always was stuck on that idea of, oh, I'm too old to start this or I'm, you know, it's too late in life. I have to be on this timeline. You don't have to be in any certain place in your life. You can start anytime. You can make changes anytime. You can make that decision to grow and to change and to be better and stronger any time in your life that you want. You are the only person that holds you back. It's a mental game. 
And if you can fake yourself out until you make it, you can fake anybody else out until you make it too. I, I use that, that line a lot because it's very true. Sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. And I was just visiting with Guy yesterday about stopping and really reflecting on my journey to where I'm at now. I have had to go through a hell of a time. Yeah, I have. Has it been worth every step of trauma and of abuse and toxic relationships and, you know, therapy that has been tough and tested every emotional ounce of uh, resilience that I had? Absolutely. I still go through ups and downs in this journey. It's when, as a human being, when you learn something and it's ingrained, it is difficult to change. It can be very difficult, but it, it really speaks to how bad you want it. And I wanted to change. I wanted to grow. I wanted my daughter and my son to learn relationships do not have to be toxic. Self-esteem is very important. Self-love is very important. Knowing who you are and becoming a whole person before you ever immerse yourself with someone else is essential. Love you. Be whole. And fix your stuff. You got to. You can't thrive until you do. And I finally, at 36 years old, even though I still feel like I have things, obviously, that I will always be able to improve on. Every single day. I feel so blessed and so grateful to be where I'm at. I am so thankful for the hard work that I was willing to put in. And those who have been around me to support me every step of the way, love me unconditionally every step of the way. And it has just made where being where I'm at that much more awesome. I never knew how much it would really, uh, caused me to reflect on my journey when, when Guy asked me uh, to be a part of this awesome series. Um, but man, as I sit here and I tell you about it, it's so cool. It's so cool to look back on my journey and look at everything I've made it through and to be able to use that as fuel to keep moving forward, to keep setting goals for myself, to keep wanting to grow and be better all across the board, be a better significant other, be a better parent, to be a better employee, to be a better trail runner, an archery hunter, everything, to be a better friend. And I mean... It's just, it's so cool. And I'm so thankful. And I, sometimes I vapor lock at thinking about everything that's happened and where I'm at. 
And I look around and I say, thank you, God, for this journey. Because without it, I wouldn't have grown to be where I'm at today, which is exactly where I truly want to be. And I really hope that sharing my hardships and sharing my journey now, which at first seemed pretty scary, I was a little bit nervous, um, will really inspire somebody out there that might be struggling. I love to share my journey now. I love it when people reach out and say, hey, how did you make it through this? What did you do? And I'm now I'm not afraid to of that vulnerability. Is it a little scary? Yeah, but I would rather be real and be raw. And, you know, does my life appear as that it's pretty freaking awesome? It does. I feel like my life is awesome. But it doesn't come without struggle and it doesn't come without hardship. And I'm still human. I still struggle every day. Um, but I know I'm in a place where I'm confident in who I am. I'm not afraid to live and to grow and to be who I really am and show that to the world. And that in itself is a pretty rewarding feeling. So to share all this with you, thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you, Guy, for allowing me and giving me this opportunity. I am very blessed and I'm very humbled by it. And I, I truly hope that um, as we all go through this series and listen to all these, that we can all take things from these different episodes and utilize them to help each other because this is awesome. Thank you.